Uh, we've been going through uh, the Old Testament under a series theme called More Than Just Stories, but Life Lessons from the Old Testament, looking at uh, some of the Old Testament characters and what their life has to say to us today and some of the lessons that we learn from them. And we started out by looking at Hannah, and we looked at uh, Enoch, a man who walked with God, and then God just took him out of this world. Then we looked at Noah, who built the ark. Then we looked at Abraham, who had the faith to follow God's leadership, and he became known as the friend of God and the father of faith. And then two weeks ago, we looked at Jacob, a man who was born as a deceiver and a trickster, and who became transformed by his faith. Now, today we're going to look at the life of Joseph. Not Joseph in the New Testament, Jesus' father, but Joseph of the Old Testament. When we think about that Joseph in the Old Testament, there probably are several images or thoughts or things that come to your mind about Joseph. What would you think about Joseph? First thought, what do you think about Joseph? Coat of many colors, what else? He was a dreamer. He could interpret dreams. He spent time in prison. He became the leader of Egypt during a time of crisis. All those kinds of things where God led him. Quite a man. Uh, from chapter 37 of Genesis to the end of the book of Genesis chapter 50, the story of Joseph is told. About one-fourth, about a quarter of the book of Genesis deals with Joseph and his life. That tells you something about how significant he is. And also, when we've looked at these characters, we've seen that so many of them have had some weakness or character flaw that God had to work through and overcome. With Joseph, we don't see any of that. In fact, some scholars have said that, that there is no, in all the Scriptures, no one is more like Jesus Christ in person and experience than Joseph. And one writer said, there is no, no great man, only great challenges that ordinary men are forced by circumstances to meet. And then Shakespeare in uh, Twelfth Night said, some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. Well, as we come on this journey looking at these Old Testament characters and learning something about life lessons from their life, I think that's true about, about Joseph. That Joseph was a man who lived a godly life. And Genesis 39-2 maybe wraps it all up by saying, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. When we're introduced to Joseph in uh, Hebrews 11, verses 22, the roll call of the faithful as we follow along with those, this is what we read about him. We says, By faith Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. At the end of his life, we see that Joseph has had a faith that's guided him all the way through, all the way through his times of trials and tribulations and troubles and the times he spent in prison, falsely accused and all of that. He still had a faith that looked towards the future. He's a visionary. And he had that persistent faith to be able to see a time when his children in, in, in captivity in Egypt would be set free and that they would leave Egypt and he was making a, a plea that his bones would be taken along with them and would be buried. So this is a man who not, was uh, not transformed by faith but who had a persistent faith all the way through his life. And we're just going to look very quickly at three stages of his life. I want to challenge you to go back and read in Genesis uh, the life of Joseph beginning in chapter 37 and catch up on some of that about these things that we have to just kind of skip over today. Uh, but we're going to see three stages of his life and then look at some of the life principles from his life. First thing we see is that God trusted him with a great ability. When we look at the life of Joseph, we see that it's a saga of a man who went from the pit to the palace and from, from rags literally to riches. And along the way, 
God trusted him with some remarkable ability and attributes. First of all was physical attractiveness. Joseph is described in Genesis 39.6 as being well built and handsome. You don't really think that the Bible kind of go out on a limb and kind of, that sounds like something out of a romance novel and describe him that way. Well built and handsome. But that comes into play later on in his life with Potiphar's wife. But the, the, the reason that's pointed out is that Joseph did not succumb to some of the temptations that other people have fallen to because they were handsome and good looking and well built. Then the other thing he was blessed with was spiritual awareness. Joseph had that unique ability not only to dream himself but to interpret dreams. That got him in trouble with his brothers, you remember. He had a dream that uh, he shared with his brothers that, that he, his stalk would rise higher than any of the others and it was a sign that they would come and bow down to him. Well, that kind of set them off. They didn't like that. They knew that he was his father's favorite anyway and his father had gotten him that coat of many colors and they were all pretty jealous about that. So his jealous rejected him. They refused him. They ridiculed him. Uh, and when they saw him at one time when his father sent him out to check on him, they saw him coming from afar. That anger built up in their heart. And they didn't like him and they had a plan as to how they were going to get rid of him. And that leads us to the second stage in his life. And that is that God tested Joseph with adversity. First of all, he faced unforeseen abandonment. When he went out to check on his brothers and the hatred built up in their heart, they first they decided they were going to kill him. But Reuben, the older one, said, let's don't do that. We, we can't have that blood on our hands. Well, let's take the coat, dip it in animal's blood, put him in a pit, and then we'll see what happens. So they did. Then Reuben wasn't there when the tribe of Ishmaelites come traveling through, and the brothers decided, well, let's make something off of uh, Joseph. So they sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and he ends up then being sold to Potiphar uh, and being a slave in Potiphar's household. Now, the thing to point out about is, in spite of all that adversity, his faith in God remained unshaken. And repeatedly we're told that the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph, even in that pit of unforeseen abandonment. Then the second thing we see where he was tested with adversity was he fought unexpected allurement. And this is where his handsomeness and well, being well built came into play. When he got into Potiphar's house, Potiphar saw uh, that Joseph was not only a good-looking man, but he was smart, he was, he was loyal, he was sincere, and he was in charge of everything. He went from being a slave to being the master in the household. And then Potiphar's wife got a sight on him, and she saw that he was handsome, good-looking, well-built. And she tried her best to entice him into, into an adulterous relationship with him, and, and he fought that off. She kept, the Bible said, day by day coming after him, but he kept fighting her off. And one day she grabbed hold of his cloak and he ran and the cloak was left behind and she used that as a scheme to say, hey, he tried to seduce me. And then so Joseph ends up in prison once again. And interesting things take place while he's there. But I think the greatest challenge that came to him is that he found unrivaled advancement. And that's in Genesis chapter 42. When we get there to Genesis 42, Joseph has been taken out of the prison again for the second time. Finally, the, 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 uh, the, the uh, wine taster for the king remembered Joseph and he said, hey, I think I know somebody who can interpret dreams and all that. And so he was placed in a place of prominence. 30 years of age, Pharaoh gives to Joseph the signet ring, which is a sign and seal of authority. He put him in charge of the plan. You know, Joseph had had that vision. That he interpreted the dream that Pharaoh had. 
about the seven fat cows being eaten up by the seven thin cows. And he said it's going to be seven years of prosperity followed by seven years of drought and famine. And he said we need to devise a plan. And Joseph came up with a plan. And Pharaoh said, well, it's your plan. You put it in action. And so he put Joseph in charge of all of that. And that was a great test and challenge for him. Probably the greatest of all being 30 years of age. Because oftentimes temptations come with power, prestige, popularity, prominence, and position. But Joseph passed all that test. And his faith was in God and nothing else, not in himself. His decisions caused Egypt to prosper. But he never forgot his family and he never forgot God. Now here comes the third stage. God touched him with authority. When we see Joseph at the end of his life in Hebrews eleven twenty two, he made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. One of the most interesting things about the life of Joseph is found in the phrase so often, he was brought down or he went down. But at the same time when we're told he went into prison, he went down to Potiphar's house, the Scriptures also say that when Joseph was brought down, God brought Joseph up. And because of that, there was that persistent faith in Joseph that he had in God. And because he had the persistent faith, God continued to bless him and watch over him. And so we see God's confidence, his promise, his confidence in the promise of God. That he believed that the promise would be fulfilled, that the people of Israel would be set free from their slavery in Egypt. And he gave orders that his body, his bones would be taken with them when they left. Joseph made that as his dying wish. He believed the word of the Lord. He believed the Lord of the word. His faith was directed to the Lord. His faith was developed by the Lord. And his faith was demonstrated by the Lord. It was a persistent faith. Now you've got to go back and read chapters 37 through 50 and fill in the blanks. And go back and get familiar with that story once again. But we come to draw now at the end of Joseph's life. Let's look back over his life. Everything that took place from the time we introduced to him to the time that he dies. What are the life lessons that we learn? Through all the experiences that, that Joseph had, surely there's something in there that we can learn. And I think there are several things for us to, to point out today. Number one, if you are committed to God, if you truly have a persistent faith in God, number one, God will always be with you. That's the story woven all the way through this. Even when Joseph was in the pit, when Joseph was sold as a slave, when Joseph was in Pharaoh in Potiphar's house, when he was falsely accused and put in prison, you know, God was still with him through all of that. And the scripture says the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. When he was accused of rape and thrown in prison, the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. To remember this when you go through life, that God is always with you. And that's woven all the way through the Bible. That's a great theme, that we never can get away from God. That He's always there with us. Psalm 139 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me up. There is no place you can go that you will not be in the presence of God. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 28, 20, as he was giving them the great commission, 
He said, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Moses said to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 31, The Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And Hebrews 13.5 is a quote from the Old Testament that says, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So what do we learn about God? When is God with us? God is with us always. When do we need to know that? Always. Why do we need to know that? Because of the circumstances of life. Look at Joseph. Joseph went through some tough times. But he knew God's presence was with him. And God blessed him because of his faith. He claimed his presence. Listen, if you're committed to God, there's no place that you can go that God is not there and that God's presence will not be there to bless you. Okay? Remember that. Always God is with you. Always remember that as well. Second thing we learn from Joseph's life. God is always working to develop you into the person he wants you to become. He's always working in your life to develop you into the person he wants you to become. He's not always concerned about your comfort. He's concerned about your character. He's not concerned about your happiness. He's concerned about your holiness. And we see that woven all the way through the life of Joseph. Look at the tough times he went through. Rejected by his brother, sold into slavery. You know, falsely accused in Potiphar's house. Imprisoned, forgotten, left there. But in all of those things, God was working in his life to develop him into the person that he needed to become. And that was a man of faith. In the New Testament, Paul writes about that in Romans 8, 28 and says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And if you go on and you read verse 29, it reminds us that the reason those things are taking place in our life and how God is at work is to shape us into the image and the form and the character of Jesus Christ himself. Jesus didn't have it easy on the face of the earth. He he was subject to ridicule and shame and torture and ultimately death on the cross. But in all of that, he was being humbly submissive and obedient to God, and God was shaping him into the person he wanted him to be. The same is true with Joseph. The same is true in your life. Look at every trial. Look at every obstacle. Look at everything, every circumstance, every situation that comes into your life, And know that God is using that as painful, unpleasant, and disappointing as it might be. He's using that to mold your character and to develop you into the person he wants you to be. Next lesson is this. God always rewards faithful obedience. See, I said that Joseph is one who is known by having a persistent faith. He was consistent and persistent with that faith all the way through his life. We particularly see that in the episode in Potiphar's house. Genesis 39.9. When she comes with her alluring advances to Joseph. Joseph says, no one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. Because you are his wife. Now listen to this phrase. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Now, isn't, I find that incredibly amazing that so many, many, many thousands of years ago, way back in the book of Genesis, chapter 39, that we find this statement being made by Joseph. 
How could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Go back and trace that about relationships and find that Joseph is really a thinker and a man of faith ahead of his time when God put stipulations upon sexual relationships. But God rewarded that persistent, obedient faith in the fact that even though he was falsely charged and put in prison for a while, look what happened to Joseph. He rose to a place of prominence and authority. God always rewards faithful obedience. And then the last lesson I think we can learn is simply this, that God always completes his plan for your life. God always completes his plan for your life. That God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he's working through every circumstance in, in, in your life to bring that to completion and to mold you and shape you into the person and character that he wants you to be. When Joseph's brothers came, Joseph could have sought retribution against them. I mean, he made it. it was a, it's an interesting, it's a really interesting. He really, I think he kind of had some passive aggressive stuff here that he dealt with with him, with his anger towards him. You know what he did? What he did, I had to, you know, you got to leave one brother behind. He put the, the, the money back in their bags, and they thought they were going to be in trouble for that. Then he put the, the silver chalice in the bag, and they found that, and the brother had to come back. And then they had to go tell the father Jacob that the younger son has, has been left there, and, and they don't have any hope of getting him out of prison and all of this. But this is what Joseph said at the end when he reveals himself to his brothers. He said, as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. See, Joseph could have been bitter. He could have been resentful. He could have been mean. He could have, he could have cut his brothers off. But he knew that this was a part of God's plan for his life that he took him through those steps in his life to put him in this position as Joseph said, to bring about that many people should be kept alive today. God had a plan and a purpose for his life. And God was leading Joseph towards that. Remember Joseph had that dream early that he shared with the brothers and said, one day you will come and kneel and bow before me and you will serve me. That came to play. It was a long detour experience that got him to that point, but that's where it was. But Joseph never gave up on that dream. He never gave up on that hope. And the same thing should be true in your life. As a believer in Jesus Christ, understand God's always with you. God is concerned about molding you, shaping you. He will, he will reward your obedient faith, and he will bring about in your life the completion of the plan that he has for your life. The Apostle Paul writes about that in Philippians 1, and he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, what? That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Here's what Paul saying. God has a plan that he's working out in your life. You stay in relationship with him. You remain obedient to him. And he's going to bring that plan to completion to the day of Jesus Christ when he returns. God is always at work in your life. 
And he's going to bring to completion that plan that he has. You know, the, psalm, the psalmist says if we, if we set our hope on God, he will give us the desires of our heart. If we delight ourselves in him, he will give us the desires of our heart. See, that, that, that means that when we have that faith to commit our life to him and everything that comes into our life is through his hand and everything is designed by God to bring about his glory in our life, then we get the desires of our heart. That plan is brought to completion and fruition in our life. We look at Joseph and we see the same thing. Go back and read his life story. Look at the difficulties he experienced. Look at the trials he went through. But look at what God did in his life. At the end of the life, we see him as a man with vision and faith for the future. I believe the children of Israel are going to be set free. They're going to get out of this bondage. When you go, you take my bones with you. And they did. Why? Because he was a man of faith. He was persistent in his faith. When we look at the life of Joseph, we have to see a man who was trusted, entrusted, and who was blessed by God because of his faith. And the challenge for us is that we need to have that persistent faith. And as we go through difficulties and disappointments and trials, as difficult as they might be, that God is there with us. He's not deserting us. He hasn't left us. He's there with us no matter what's going on. And he's going to bring about to completion that perfect plan he has for our life. So let Joseph challenge you. Go back and read his life story this week and let that challenge you in your persistent faith with him. Father, we thank you for these characters from, from the Old Testament who proved to be so faithful. Some had character flaws, and yet you worked through them. We look at the life of Joseph and we see a prototype of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And we're challenged in that. But we look at Joseph's life, so pain and tears and difficulty, but ultimately triumph. And we're challenged to live for you and to experience the blessings that come from obedient faith. And so I pray that we will be your people, ready to be blessed by you as we live in that faithful relationship with you. And that we would emulate Joseph as a man of faith and integrity and character who would not sin against you. Father, give us the resolve to do that. We pray through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.